This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay. And today I'm joined with Allie Reed, who's the owner and founder of Stratia Skincare, a skincare brand focused on creating simple yet effective products. Super excited to have you here on the podcast, Allie. I know you've had a lot of success on Reddit and Instagram, so really excited to talk about those topics and how you've been able to grow using those channels. But before we dive into all that fun stuff, I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic over to you. If you want to give a little intro, tell us about yourself and what your brand does. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I am the founder and owner of Stradia. I got into skincare pretty late in life. I was one of those monsters who got through high school with like perfect glowing skin, you know, that I would like wash it with body wash in the shower. And that was the extent of my skincare routine. And then that stopped working for me in my early 20s. So I kind of got into skincare from the consumer side when I was in my 20s. And I'm a science person by nature and by training. And so when I had to build a skincare routine for the first time, I just wanted to know everything I possibly could about how skincare worked, how skin worked, what the interaction between the two was like, what is it even possible for skincare to do? So I would read dermatology journals and peer-reviewed studies. And, you know, the American Dermatology Association has a self-teaching module on their website. You know, I just like tried to learn everything I possibly could. And at a certain point, I felt like I was really well educated on the topic of skincare and that was not helping me shop for skincare at all. That skincare was really opaque. You know, I would read a study about the ideal vehicle formula for a certain ingredient and then have no idea how the products with these ingredients were formulated at what percentage and with what penetration enhancers. So I tapped on my chemistry background in addition to all the research I had done and started formulating my own skincare in my sink, much to my husband's chagrin, but, you know, kind of making sure that, you know, if I read a study about the ideal ratio of ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids, this product I was formulating had that ratio. And I knew that for sure because I was making it with my own hands. So yeah, so I created a couple of products like that, that I thought were really unique, really effective and launched it you know, a tiny little Shopify store out of my apartment, assuming it would be a nice side hustle on the side of my full-time job. And it blew up totally organically. And so now it's almost five years later, I've got a full office slash warehouse manufacturing space in California and just brought on two new hires. And, you know, it's just wildly beyond what I expected when I launched it. That's incredible. That's a really awesome story. So I have to ask, I asked to a lot of founders, did you ever know you wanted to be like a founder? Was that something that you were thinking about for a while, like starting your own business? Or did the cards kind of just happen to all fall together there? I didn't even think I was starting a business when I started my business. Like it was not a goal at all. It was that, you know, oh, cool. I've got these couple of products. I really like them. It'd be easy enough to sell a couple, ship them out on the weekends. But yeah, being an entrepreneur was never a goal of mine. I actually tend to really like being behind the scenes more. So it has been a steep learning curve to get comfortable with putting myself out there. This is all brand new to me. This is my first company. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you've been extremely successful. So I know you had a little bit of different experience before jumping into the full-time founder role. You worked at two creative agencies. 
So I'd be curious to learn, like, how did your like previous background play into your go-to-market strategy when launching your brand? Is there something that you learned at your previous positions that kind of like really helped you just find the right landing point with your brand and create traction? Yeah, I think, you know, it wasn't necessarily a specific one-to-one in terms of my experience as a creative strategist moving into this brand, but I think there were a couple of key takeaways that helped me kind of shape my overall strategy. So the first company where I led up strategy was an agency that really focused on infographics, on taking really like dense information and translating it into really digestible visual formats. And so learning a lot about how to take, you know, which obviously helps with Stradia. Stradia is so science focused. And so taking this really dense information and translating it into a way that is really digestible and understandable and applicable for consumers. I think that was a really important takeaway. And then the second one, the agency I worked for did interactive ads. So like if you're ever on Hulu and like, you know, you can watch an ad or interact with it for 30 seconds, we did the interactive ones. And such a big focus of that company was the race for attention. A consumer's attention is a finite resource. And so trying to make sure you do the most with the time you have with them and making like really, I think, adding value and especially because brands would come to us. So I was a little bit detached from each brand itself. I didn't work for them necessarily, that it gave me this really good perspective on nobody cares about your brand as much as you do. You know, like they are not going to find it interesting just because you find it interesting. So I think that really helped in making me make sure that we had, you know, again, really adding concrete value to the the three seconds we have in front of a, a potential customer's eyes. That's awesome. That's really insightful over there. And, and that's so cool how you kind of tied back some of those experiences into what you've done over here. I know we're going to talk about Reddit and your growth over there. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit. I know from just like doing a little bit of research beforehand that, you know, your skincare brand Stratia is really tied into like the Reddit community, even just like searching for like Stratia skincare Reddit, like there's like tons and tons like pages on Google search results of uh, posts about you from different users and things like that. So I'd love if you could just kind of like walk us through your experience over there. Like I know you had the Shopify store you said you kind of did as like a side hustle and now it's obviously turned into your main full-time gig over here. So just kind of walk us through like how important Reddit was like in that brand growth strategy. Like, is there any advice that you have for like using Reddit as a growth channel? And I'd be also interested just for myself, like, did you focus in on specific subreddits? Was there just like one specific one or like, just walk us through that whole process? Yeah, I mean, Reddit was absolutely foundational in building the brand, and it was not something that was remotely strategic or even replicable, I think. And I feel bad saying this because I think this is probably the question I get the most from other entrepreneurs is how to utilize Reddit. And there's really not a good way to go about it strategically. It was kind of happenstance for me. I've been a Redditor for over a decade. It's just it's the social media platform that I resonate the most with and that I get the most value out of. And so, you know, as I mentioned that I got into skincare and really wanted to find out everything I possibly could. Reddit is the best place for that. You know, that the communities around skincare addiction, around Asian beauty, which is a, you know, focused on Korean and Japanese skincare and the DIY beauty subreddit, which is focused around, you know, really sort of scientific chemistry backed ways to formulate your own beauty products. Those three subreddits were the ones that I was really drawn to. This was years and years before Stradia. So I was just a member of the community. I got so much value out of it. I learned so much. 
And then, you know, they were my communities and I became more active and I was posting a lot and I had started a blog and that was really focused on research that I thought would give back to those communities. And so none of it was monetized. None of it was self-promotional, really. It was that, you know, that I really did feel like I was a part of these communities and felt ownership over them and felt, you know, a lot of love for them. And so was just trying to give back in the same way that I had taken from it, you know, that that it had given me so much value. So when I started formulating skincare, I was sharing the formulas with them, you know, and I really did try to keep it kind of like you can buy it through me or you can make it yourself and here's how. And so I think people just kind of recognized that it was coming out of this community. You know, it wasn't necessarily a local community, but it was a community nonetheless and one that felt really tight knit for as large as it was. So that's kind of how it took off. And and when I'm asked, like, how are you using Reddit today? I'm not, <laughs> you know, like I think the tricky thing about Reddit and one that I don't really have any advice for is that it is a community that hates being sold to. It hates being marketed to. If you're doing anything remotely shady or hypocritical or if you're even not disclosing a sponsorship, that community can turn on you in a heartbeat and that is the door is then closed. So I think the only advice I have is don't don't even try, you know, don't even try to pull one over on Reddit. Maybe you can and people definitely do. I just don't have the constitution to worry about, you know, if they're going to figure out that that's a sponsored post or whatever. And I think sponsored posts that are declared tend to not do very well because, again, Reddit hates being marketed to. So I think Reddit is a wonderful tool for research, for tapping into the community and and getting a finger on the pulse for feedback on product. If, If you're coming at it from a really authentic place of like, I genuinely actually want your opinions and thoughts and not just your dollars, then it's a really wonderful place. If you are viewing it as you've got ads up on Facebook and Instagram, and now you're going to add Reddit and you're treating it the same way that it is going to at best fall flat. For sure. That makes a lot of sense over there. So I'd be curious to also learn, I know you mentioned that you aren't like as active in the community anymore. Do you still use it as part of your marketing strategy in terms of like conducting like product research or like looking at trends and things like that? Is that still part of your marketing plan? Yeah, I'm not an active poster for the most part. When I do post, it's generally to add a perspective that I think I uniquely have. So as a business owner, as a cosmetic formulator, et cetera. But I know that (laughs) my reviews of products, for example, like I can't review a Stradia product. That's nobody's going to take that seriously. So but that's just from a like an engagement perspective. I'm still on Reddit every day. I'm not going to say how much every day because I don't want to say it out loud, but that is how I stay an active part of the consumer community and see the trends and see what people, you know, I really want Stradia products to fill gaps in the market. And so that's how I know where the gaps are for the most part. You know, I'm involved in other communities as well, but that is, I think, the most insightful and kind of research focused community that I know of. And so I find it so, so useful in crafting, you know, what's the next product I'm going to formulate? What are the best ways to you know, reach out, what are the biggest pain points that people have with their current skincare routines, that kind of thing. For sure. That's really cool. And so like connecting back from Reddit to your actual like shopping traffic with your Shopify store, was that where like most of your sales were coming through at the beginning? And like, 
Has that since shifted? Like, is Reddit still like a big chunk of your sales? Or is there like more to the marketing mix like now that's really kind of surpassed it? Like, what's that story there like? Yeah, so a big chunk did come from Reddit and from my blog, who I think most of my blog readers came from Reddit. I didn't spend any money on marketing or advertising of any kind for the first three years. So it was 100% organic, just me kind of trying to keep up with this word of mouth growth. You know, it was really just that people liked the products, it worked for them, and so they talked about it. And so, yeah, at first it was Reddit, and then I think Instagram communities kind of took off with it as well, the Skinstagram community. And so we weren't even giving away free product. You know, the people who were talking about it were people who had discovered it and bought it and liked it, you know? And, and the way we did that, I think, was through being super authentic, super transparent and having really good products. I don't know if I'm too biased to say that, but I really do believe that. And so 2019 for me was the foundation year. That was building out our manufacturing infrastructure. That was hiring a marketing director. So that was the point at which we started actually pursuing growth rather than just trying to keep up with our organic growth. So actually not a ton of our sales still come from Reddit. I think Reddit, I mean, as most communities do, gets really excited about new things and Stradia isn't as new as it once was. So we're still, I think, a staple of a lot of people's skincare routines there. But I think bigger parts of our engagement come from Instagram, come from TikTok has been a big one for us more and more. And I think part of it is that we also kind of really saturated organically, but really saturated the Reddit market. So like most people on skincare addiction know about Stradia. So there's not as much room for growth there as there are in these paid channels that we've been exploring. Very cool. And the last thing I want to touch about, I know you started talking about Instagram and TikTok over there, and I I definitely want to dive into those. But the last thing I'd love to ask on the Reddit piece is like, since that was such a fundamental piece of your business, like early business growth, if you could share like how much of that business did it drive at the beginning? Like, was that what kind of got you to like 100k in revenue, like 200k, 500k, if you can like share any of that? I don't know if you can, but I, I figured I'd ask at least for like that fundamental like piece getting you to really starting to scale the business. Yeah, I don't want to share the hard numbers, but you know, Reddit was probably the sole source of traffic for the first year. And then at that point, there was a crossover onto Reddit and Instagram. And so I think Reddit and Instagram combined were the sole sources of traffic for the first three years. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more, all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. So shifting gears to the Instagram stuff over here, I know... You've also mentioned Instagram has been a great channel for your growth. I know TikTok, which I didn't even know as well. I guess we can dive a little bit into that also. Just touching on the Instagram stuff, I know in a piece that you were quoted in, you talked about like Stradia hitting the missing need in the Instagram community. Can you talk a little bit about like what you did over there to hit that need and kind of like any of the growth strategies that you ran specifically like on Instagram that you really think helped uh, fuel revenue there? Yeah. So the need that I think we hit was our own organic channel. And I think this is something that I see a lot in companies sort of underutilizing their own feeds, that 
they share memes or inspo photos or pretty, you know, lifestyle imagery. And you kind of have to ask yourself, what value does this actually add to my customer that they can't get somewhere else? And so what we hit and, you know, for the first, you know, however many years, it was literally just me alone in either my kitchen or then a windowless warehouse in unincorporated West Carson. So I had a lot of time to take photos with my phone and videos and stuff and shared all the behind the scenes. You know, I shared what the product formulation process was like. I shared photos of my failed batches where the oil and water phases separated. I shared that really satisfying moment when you emulsify together the two phases and they suddenly become something new. I shared the science that I was discovering behind the research. You know, honestly, if you scroll all the way back to when I was running it, our Instagram feed was ugly as sin because I do not have an aesthetic sense whatsoever, but it was interesting, you know, and it was something that you couldn't really get anywhere else because there weren't a lot of people manufacturing cosmetics live on Instagram. So I think that was a big part of it and that people really appreciate it. And, and, you know, that I was doing this because I was like, what would I like to see out of a cosmetics company? I was coming at it from a consumer. And I was like, I would really love to see how this stuff is made because I would have found this so interesting five years ago before I started doing it. So I think that was kind of the a key to, to really both to driving Stradia's brand presence and consumer trust in our brand. That level of transparency, radical transparency was really important. So that was kind of the organic growth. And then in 2019, again, is when we brought on our marketing director, Sloan, who is phenomenal. And that was all of these sort of non-organic growth in a way, like, you know, starting to pay for ads and, and discovering what worked, what didn't and building it that way. Yeah, that's really incredible. And I know user-generated content's a, a really powerful piece and you seem to be one of the early adopters of that, which is really cool. And TikTok is really big on that as well, like those really raw videos also. And I know you mentioned you're doing some stuff on TikTok over there. So I'd be curious to hear like, in terms of like TikTok strategy, like we don't really talk about TikTok as much on here. So this is an awesome time to kind of jump in and cover that piece is how do you look at your TikTok strategy? Like, what are you doing there? What are some of the strategies that you're doing that are working? Like, how are you kind of utilizing that channel as like, a growth lever? Is it like more for conversion? Is it more for like that high funnel, like top of funnel stuff? I'd just be really curious to learn from you what you're doing over there. Yeah. So we, I mean, I don't want to pretend like we know what we're doing because we have no idea. And we actually only launched our feed, our account a couple of weeks ago. So that stuff we're still learning. The way we've been utilizing TikTok prior to that was just making sure we got our product into the hands of people who could really speak to it. You know, that for us, influencer strategy is not about finding the biggest skincare influencer out there. It's about finding the people who are also really interested in how things are formulated and that intersection of chemistry and biology and can really speak to that element of it. And so making sure also that when we reach out, we're not just sending them a bottle and saying like, hope you like it, that we can actually share how it's formulated. I can answer questions they have about, you know, how the ingredients interact with your skin and that kind of thing. So that had been a big part of it, I think, as well. In terms of the organic component, like what we're now posting, I mean, it's a big part of skincare TikTok in general. And something that we're going to be highlighting a lot is sort of busting skincare myths because misinformation travels so fast on TikTok that and that we have such, I think, a unique perspective on it from the level of research and knowledge base that we have here. Just making sure that we are trying to set the record straight about how skin works, 
best skincare for skin types, that kind of thing, and trying to undo some of the false information that, that gets around. I love that approach that you're taking. It's a really unique and different approach over there. So I know we've talked about a lot of the stuff that has worked for you on Reddit, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm sure, especially on the Reddit and Instagram piece, since you've been in there for a while and have a lot of experience over there. What kind of strategies have you experimented with that maybe haven't worked? And I know you kind of touched on the Reddit piece, but maybe on the Instagram piece that maybe haven't worked that you've kind of like pushed off to the side. Yeah, you know, I don't think we've made any like massive mistakes. And I think part of that is that we are generally pretty cautious when it comes to rolling out new strategies. And I think part of that is that Stradia is bootstrapped. We're cash flow funded. We have never taken on any external capital. And so it's a lot harder to make those big, bold moves into new marketing strategies when you're spending your own money rather than someone else's. So we tend to test and iterate and test and iterate. You know, the same way I formulate products is the way we approach that. So, but some things that haven't worked for us in that market, I think I spoke to it a little bit, but like pretty lifestyle shots, you know, nice shots of the bottle against a pretty firm. That's getting lost in the 100,000 other photos of that on Instagram and on Pinterest and everything like, you know, and, and I think there is a unique challenge in selling direct to consumer skincare in that if you're selling fashion, you can like how it looks is such a big part of it. If you're selling skincare, all that really matters is how it works on your skin, which is not something you can necessarily convey digitally. So you know, the things that do work are UGC, actual reviews from customers saying it worked. That's sort of interesting science and behind the scenes content. But the things that don't work are those sort of like the lifestyle shots, the fashion shots. They don't differentiate themselves from the thousand other brands that are doing the same thing. That's awesome. That's some great insight over there. And obviously what you're doing seems to be working very well. Obviously, bootstrapping a business to a successful brand is really awesome over there. So I know we have a lot of listeners that are also in a similar position as you probably were early stage in your business, which is bootstrapping, self-funded, all of that stuff. So I'd be really curious, you know, just kind of speaking to the audience, what are some of those challenges that you face that you think were probably common mistakes or things like that, that you'd want to share and maybe look back and redo or, or things that you could share to the audience that's listening out there that might also be in a similar set of shoes in the bootstrap and self-funding stage? Yeah, um, I think my number one piece of advice in general is ask for help, you know, especially if you're bootstrapped. If you have an investor, they're there to, they want you to succeed, so they're going to help. I did not have any investors. I did not have any mentors. I did not know anyone who worked in the beauty industry or owned their own business. You know, like I was jumping off the deep end blindfolded. And so I made every mistake that it is possible to make and had to just learn the hard way for everything. And while so much of that helped me build a really robust business, I think there are also lots of mistakes I didn't have to make. I did not have to learn everything the hard way. And so you know, I'm kind of, I'm an autodidact to a fault and I have a really hard time asking for help when I'm like, I'll just Google it. I'll figure it out. That's fine. So I think if there are other skincare companies or other companies in the same industry as you're getting into, like email them and ask if you can buy them a coffee and then ask them questions. You know, I think I was also worried that the advice would be like, believe in yourself, you know, as opposed to like, oh yeah, if you're going to be shipping ocean freight, make sure that you get an annual bond rather than a one-off bond, you know, like there is some super, super concrete advice that you can get from people who have been in that situation that 
you don't need to learn everything the hard way. For sure. That's really great advice. I'm sure you've probably built your own network now of other founders and other people that you know. Is there any advice that you have over there in terms of like where to connect with people, somewhere that you like to go to connect with others or any advice that you can offer over there? I think industry networking groups are priceless. I'm a member of the Society of Cosmetic Chemists, which has been pre-pandemic was such a great, you know, every once a month we would get together and learn about some niche chemistry innovation and chat about things. And then I've also in the last few months have taken on a business advisor who works specifically with CPG consumer brands. And that has been, I mean, I cannot tell you how incredibly valuable it is to find someone who, you know, and I think a big part of that for me is just removing the guilt I feel of like relying on someone else because I'm paying him. He is here to help me grow my business. And so, you know, I can ask him any question day or night that comes to mind. So I think that that is also super important. I still don't have a big network of other business owners for whatever reason. It tends to be more more specialized in specific fields. But I think I am sure having a big network of business owners would be helpful, even if just for support of like, man, this is really stressful, huh? So I don't know. That's really great advice. And thank you for sharing and diving into that. So I know we're coming towards the end of the podcast over here. So as we're kind of wrapping things up, I've got a, a couple of questions for you. First, what's next for Stratia? What do you have next planned on the roadmap? Whatever you can share with us. And then where can people learn more and kind of find more about your brand or even potentially connect with you also? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of what's next for Stratia, I mean, it's just more and bigger. I think the pandemic, it feels strange to say this, but has been really good for Stratia. I think, you know, that since we are direct to consumer, a lot of people pre-pandemic would buy their skincare, you know, by adding it, throwing it in their basket while they were at CVS or while they were at Sephora. And so since everyone's doing all their shopping online now, it really lowers that barrier to entry for, you know, a direct consumer brand that they're just going to my website instead of a different one. So we've been growing really fast. <laughs> I am so tired, but it is very exciting. So I think, you know, just keeping that going. And then if you want to learn more, our website is stradiaskin.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Not a lot of people have done that yet because we just launched a week ago. And I also, in you know our radical transparency, I share my email address everywhere. Email me personally. I'd be happy to share what I know. It's Ali, A-L-L-I, at stradiaskin.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie. I really appreciate that. And we'll be for sure, uh, we'll include those links in the show notes as well. So people can follow you on TikTok or if they want to connect with you over email as well. But Allie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This has been super enjoyable. I know I learned a lot about your Reddit strategies, your Instagram strategies, and just growing a business, bootstrapping it and self-funding that to, to kind of like this awesome level of growth. So thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciated having you on the podcast over here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Awesome. Thanks, Sally. Well, hopefully to our listeners out here, you enjoyed this episode of the DTC pod. If you did, please leave us a quick rating and subscribe to the podcast. And we'll see you next time on the DTC pod. <laughs>